Hello and welcome everyone to the Ducky O'Brien Show. I am your host, Ducky O'Brien. My real name is Sam, but I use Ducky O'Brien for Twitch and other platforms. Anyways, welcome to episode 5 of my video game podcast covering news, reviews, and guides. Now on to currently playing. Alright, my video game queue is still the same right now. I have Astro Nier, Atama Chef, No Man's Sky, Tools Up, The Witcher 3, and The Cycle. Um, playthroughs of these videos will be coming up soon. Thank you for being patient with me for those of you who watch it. The reason why there's a little bit of a delay is that I go to my public library to upload my videos. Because my upload speed at home is currently a little too slow. So it would take forever to upload all these videos. And my public library is really nice, has really fast upload speeds. They're very generous to the people who want to use it. So uh, that's where, what I would do. But because of the coronavirus, they closed down. So now I'm stuck at home and I have to figure out how to upload all these really big video files. Uh, <laughs> Thankfully, Comcast has removed the bandwidth cap, or supposedly, we'll find out. But I will try my best to upload these videos slowly at home. I'm prioritizing my video game coverage first because I have an obligation to release those videos. But yeah, uh, they will be coming shortly. So thank you for being patient with me. Anyways, on to new games. Alright, we have a lot of new games coming in. Thank you to uh, all the PR folk who approved my key requests. So I got all of these keys for free in exchange for covering them, obviously. I'm really appreciative because I am a small content creator, so I don't get a lot of views. So they have no reason to give me approve my key requests, but they did. So I'm eternally grateful. Anyways, let's go into it. Our first game. Dreadlands. So Dreadlands by Black Fox Studios. It was published by Fat Shark and was released on March 10th, 2020 onto Steam. It is an early access game with an MSRP of $19.99. So Dreadlands is basically a turn-based, grid-based uh, RPG. It's kind of similar to XCOM if you played that. Maybe Wastelands 2, the really old original Fallout. Uh, there's a lot of games like that, but yeah, you take turns, there's a map, you can move, you have action points, every character has basically two action points. You spend one to move, and you can spend one to attack, or you can spend two points to move out past your normal range, etc. Uh, it's set in like a post-apocalyptic wasteland. There are gangs, and you started basically your own gang, your own clan to survive, and you take over a base. And you go on an overworld map and you explore. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's honestly a lot of fun. I like these games. It does have that same frustration where, you know, you're taking a shot. It says 75% hit chance. And then it misses. And then the enemy has like a 20% hit chance. And it hits. And not only does it hit, it crits. And then you lose your unit. And you're just, you just want to pull your hair out. <laughs> So if you're familiar with uh, XCOM or these type of games, you're going to have moments like that. They're, uh, they change it up a little bit in adding these player cards, these player abilities. They're a card, you get a random assortment, and you can use them once. 
uh, per turn after your initial turn. So you got stuff like heal a unit, uh, jam a person's gun after they fire once. You can place down traps. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's pretty nice. You can also upgrade your base. You can do the story mission, unlock new characters, unlock new facilities. Um, but yeah, it's looking pretty good. So if you're a fan of turn-based RPGs, you may want to check out Redlands. Okay, on to our next game, Maiden and Spell. Maiden and Spell was developed by MinoDev LLC. It was published by MinoDev LLC and Maple Whispering. I don't know how two companies publish a game. I gotta look into that, but I'm a little curious about the publishing side. Anyways, it was released on February 25th, 2020 onto Steam with the MSRP of $12.99. So Maiden and Spell is basically a cute anime girl shooter. It's almost like a bullet hell, not quite. There are a lot of bullets on screen, not to the point where the entire screen is filled and you have to move like a micrometer to the side or up and down. It's a little more generous. It's interesting in that you're not fighting like these NPC characters, like minions. You're fighting another boss, basically. This is a fighter. It's multiplayer as well. I forgot what the multiplayer platform was, but apparently it it is uh, pretty well known for being reliable. But yeah, you fight another character and you have spells and abilities. And, you know, the boss has different stages where you, you hit them a couple of times and then they go into like a super attack mode called the Magnus mode where they have crazy attacks. And yeah, it's basically like a fighting game, but it's a shoot 'em up. So it might be worth checking out. People have, you know, called it Toho-like, etc. Uh, I'm not a really big fan of those games, nor am I good at it, but I tried my best, and I enjoyed it. So you may want to check it out if you're a fan of shoot-em-ups or cute anime girls. The artwork is really cute, by the way. Whoever did it, well done. Soundtrack is pretty nice, too. Anyways, on to our next game, Comanche. Comanche was developed by Nuclear, all caps. And it was published by THQ Nordic. It was released on March 12, 2020 onto Steam. It's an early access game and the MSRP right now is $19.99. So Comanche, if you can guess, is a helicopter game. There is a single player mode right now, Mission 1. Missions 2 and 3 are coming later. But uh, Mission 1 is fairly long. I played it, completed it. It took me about 50 minutes. Uh, now, the main attraction, I think, is the multiplayer mode, and it's basically Call of Duty. That's right. If you wanted to play Call of Duty but be a helicopter, this is the game for you. So, you have different classes of helicopters. Now, this is... I found this quite funny. You, you can have, like, a support helicopter where you lock onto your allies and then shoot a heal missile. Now, how they get over this is that the missile contains nanites, which will repair your... Friendly helicopters, you know what? I'll just go along with that. But it's just kind of funny. You're firing a rocket at your friendlies uh, to heal them. But anyways, <laughs> moving along. This is early access, so there are only two modes available right now. One is basically kill confirmed, where in Call of Duty, you down an enemy and then you collect their dog tags. Or you can collect your friendly dog tags to deny the enemy team points. And it's pretty much the same concept, so you kill enemy helicopters, 
and they drop a black box onto the water, onto the ground. And what you do is this game has a unique mechanic where you can shoot out a little drone and then the drone, you can fly it around. You can shoot. Obviously, it doesn't do as much damage as a helicopter. And while the drone is out, your helicopter is just still there in the air. Someone can attack it and kill it. And when that dies, your drone dies as well. So that makes sense. But you can shoot out your helicopter, pick up the black box, and then destroy it so that you go back to your helicopter. And you can respawn another one after a short cooldown. Uh, the reason why I prefer to destroy it is that if you leave your drone out, it can get shot. Not only that, when you switch to your drone and you have an active drone out, you'll switch to that drone's location, which is not going to be reliable for picking up black boxes if you're moving around as a helicopter. Anyways, it's kind of interesting. The helicopters have different classes. Like I said, you got the support class. Then you have a sniper class. You got different rockets. Uh, the controls feel pretty good. I think... Uh, yeah, it feels pretty solid. The only issue I have is with the other game mode, Sabotage. Basically, you go into a little building, a structure with your drone, and you have to sabotage by planting an EMP. The defending team has to kill you know, the attackers and disarm it. And I, the reason why I don't like this game mode as much is that it forces you to play outside of your helicopter as a drone. A drone is it's fun, but I like the helicopter a lot better. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, take it or leave it. But yeah, that's just my own, own opinion. Other than that, flying the helicopter feels great. Comanche had a lot of fun with it. Uh, if you like helicopter games, worth checking out. Alright, to our next game, Hidden Through Time. Hidden Through Time was developed by Crazy Monkey Studios. It was also published by Crazy Monkey Studios. It was released on March 12, 2020 onto Steam with an MSRP of $7.99. Hidden Through Time is basically a hidden objects game. It's like Where's Waldo? You have a list of items that you have to find. And the uh, items have hints, thankfully. So if you have trouble, you can look at the items and it'll tell you a hint. It's very cutesy. The maps are animated to a certain degree you can kind of interact with objects by clicking on things and they'll make sounds uh and it's there's like a timeline perspective in this game and that you're starting from the stone age and going all the way to the medieval ages and but yeah i actually enjoy this game quite a bit it's pretty family friendly too uh friendly for the kids it does refer to alcohol and gambling sometimes so you know, depending on how conservative conservative of, of a parent you are, you know, there may be a no-go. I mean, it's just cartoon depictions of, you know, a bottle of beer or something. It doesn't label it as such. Anyways, uh, the, the thing that I had fun with was there was like this reoccurring theme of like uh, goblins versus humans. And I made up this entire story as I was streaming the game. I might make a YouTube video of that. I highlighted my stream, so if you want to check it out on Twitch. <laughs> I mean, it's my combination of lack of sleep and uh, being cooped up. Uh, made my imagination go a little wild, but yeah. It was a very cute game. It was relaxing, too. Uh, so yeah, definitely. If you like finding object games, hidden object games, this one may be for you. On to our next game, War Tile. So War Tile was developed by Playwood Project. It was published by Deck 13 and Whisper Games. 
and it was released on February 8th, 2020 onto Steam with an MSRP of $19.99. And then recently, on March 24th, 2020, it was released on Xbox One. Now, War Tile is basically a real-time strategy game. It's in real-time, but the actions have cooldown periods, so it feels a little bit like turn-based. It's pretty cool in that it's basically a mini figurine tabletop game so you know like warhammer etc you have these little figurines that are vikings and you place them on like this really beautifully tiled handcrafted looking board and you move around their enemy pieces you also have uh cards yeah it's, i guess that's like the popular thing to do nowadays but yeah you have a random assortment of cards with abilities like healing people Placing traps. This is very similar to Dreadlands, uh, as I mentioned before, but it feels way different. And yeah, the game looks great. It feels great. The story uh, is interesting. You're like a Viking. You're the son of the chief. He passes from this mysterious plague ravaging the land, which is kind of, you know, what's happening today. So I was like, oh, let's let's see where this goes. And then turns out there's zombies. So yeah. <laughs> Zombie Vikings. I don't know a more badass combination than Viking Zombies. Anyways, uh, I the reason why I really like this game is that the UI is very streamlined and is very intuitive when you do everything. So when you have a figurine, you collect new equipment from the levels that you play. And you can just drag and drop onto the character. It'll only show you the equipment that you can equip. So there are like different classes. Certain people use range weapons, certain people use spears. Uh, there's a lot of strategy required, very similar to Dreadlands, in that if you have the high ground, you have an advantage. The person on the lower ground has a chance to miss. Uh, if you get flanked, or if you flank enemies, you do extra damage. Let's say an uh, enemy character or you are surrounded by uh, enemies on all four sides, then you don't get to attack at all because there's like a stagger mechanic as well and it's pretty interesting but yeah going back to the equipment the ui you can just drag and drop equipment and it shows an immediate change you're kind of like changing your figurine a little bit it shows the stats and like if it's going to improve or decrease you can compare it yourself um, there's a lot of cool bonus effects so the halloween map and the christmas map was available and out of that, I got like a pumpkin helmet that will summon a pumpkin minion. And, you know, these despawn after a certain time. But when you get hit, it spawns a little pumpkin minion. And then it can degress for you. It can pull aggro for you, which is really handy. And, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this game. I definitely worth checking out if you like real-time strategy or turn-based. I kind of like it because, you know, like games like StarCraft... Uh, you got to really be on top of your APM. So there's a lot of micromanagement. And not only that, you need to have your, have your build order set. You need an optimal build order for the strategy that you're doing. And you can't slow down by like even a second. Because if you do, the other guy is going to have slightly more resources than you. That equals more troops or more tech. And then you've lost the game there a little bit. If you're of equal skill, but you were just a little bit slower. Whereas in this game, you can kind of have the time to think about the strategy 
more than micromanaging your units. You can totally micromanage them, by the way. You can slow down the game um, to a crawl. You can press spacebar to slow it down. You can move your units around. They have abilities to, uh, I like the ones that disable enemies from attacking. Those are really handy. But yeah, uh, highly enjoy this game. Worth checking out. All right, moving on to our next game, Deep Sky Derelicts, the definitive edition. Uh, this was released pretty recently on March 24, 2020. It was developed by Snowhound Games. It was published by 1C Entertainment. And it's out now on Steam with the MSRP of $24.79. The definitive edition includes two pieces of DLC. Anyways, Deep Sky Derelicts is basically a roguelite dungeon crawling game. That's right. You basically play a junker in space. You're going out. The storyline starts off very similar to Altered Carbon. If you have seen that TV show, you're basically a specialist or mercenary who has a, a certain set of skill sets. And the mayor, the sub-governor is like, I need you to find this mysterious object. If you do, I will grant you citizenship and a lot of money. So I was like, okay, this this is uh, basically Altered Carbon <laughs> when it starts out. But yeah, um, basically you gather a crew of other mercs and you go out and you explore derelicts or, you know, uh, ships just floating in space. It's a dungeon crawler in that you're not moving in real time. It shows a map and then you can pick on the map where to go. And then you scan the surrounding areas to reveal more of the map. And then on certain tiles, you can pick a place and it'll have like NPC encounters, it'll have enemy encounters, it'll have items that you can search. And it's, think of it as like a text-based dungeon crawler. And I think it's really interesting in that the NPC dialogue, the side quests are really well written. It actually took me by surprise how good the writing is. There's like a bunch of quests and yeah, it, it pulls you into the world a little a little bit. Because I'm a huge fan of sci-fi, especially well-written sci-fi. And so let me give a couple of examples. There was like a side quest where there was a dude who's a computer nut. He's like, I want to be a machine. And then you find a computer terminal whose name is Sermu. And he's like, I am a deity. I am a god figure. <laughs> and I'm like... Okay, okay, whatever you want to think, AI. And then he's like, I'm looking for disciples. And then so like you hook them up and he downloads the human into himself and they evolve together. So, you know, the human got his wish. He's a machine now. It's part of a machine and the AI got his wish and he's kind of evolving because he has uh, human intelligence within him. So that's interesting. It's all shown through dialogue. Another quest which was interesting was that you meet a person and they're falling ill and then you have to go find his buddy who has the medicine but he's doing something so you have to talk to him across a bridge. Again, this is done all through text and at first his messages are weird like numbers and to continue talking to him, you have to choose to spend your energy. Your energy is basically your currency on how far you can move in the map and take action in that map. And if you're out of energy, you have to leave. So that's how they kind of limit you. And 
make you choose between exploring, ex between doing things, like helping people out. Because there's always a cost to this. And when you help someone out, you may not get a valuable enough reward. So it's basically making you choose, hey, do I want stuff to make my run easier or do I want to help these people out at my own expense? And the funny thing is, it's actually easier if you just kill everyone and take everything. So <laughs> that's something to think about. I'm sure there's a consequence for doing that, but... Yeah, you can attack shopkeepers you find on ships. I mean, you lose access to items, which you may need to complete other subquests. So, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. The There's not like a morality system in place, but there is one implied there. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting take. Anyways, I love, I love the writing. I love the side quests. I love the NPC characters. These little encounters that flesh out the game. Uh, the combat system is pretty straightforward. It's a card-based system. So how it works is you have your mercenaries and then you have equipment for them. That equipment unlocks available attack cards. So for example, if you have a guy who's a heavy attacker with a huge melee weapon, then you may uh, unlock some melee attacks, which are standard attacks, and then you may have a bash attack available which will lower their initiative, which is basically their attack priority. So if they have a lower attack priority than your characters, your characters get to attack first. It's turn-based. And if you had a character that was, uh, you know, have a, has a bash move, then you might see an enemy that may attack uh, past your other characters, and you bash it, sends him to the end of the line. So it's pretty interesting. Also... The cards that you get are random. So out of your total available equipment cards, you get a random subset. And there's an interesting series of buffs and debuffs uh, for all of these minions. And you have to strategize because, again, that's where the roguelike element comes in, where the runs are very difficult. It's very difficult to keep your characters alive. It's very difficult uh, because you have to refill your energy. Your energy runs out and you have to have money to refill it. And money is very hard to come by. So if you guys are starting out, what I would recommend is to complete the missions, the contracts that you have available as fast as possible. Don't worry about exploring the ships all the way through on your first time. You need that money to get better equipment and keep your mercenaries healed. Um, so interesting mechanic of getting your weapons and uh, you can research it this is kind of like rust you can research it to unlock blueprints that you can pay money for so that you don't have to rely on rng to get a specific item you want yeah i think the combat system is pretty deep uh but overall i, I really like the writing so turn-based uh roguelike dungeon crawler fans this game is definitely for you if you love sci-fi this is probably a game for you one small problem i had with the game was that the ui is counterintuitive i feel like it's a little too clunky uh for example if you have new equipment and you want to mod your mercenaries out you can't really do it from the hub menu unless i'm mistaken uh that shows how counterintuitive the menu is the ui you have to go onto a ship and then you can kind of swap around the equipment so a couple of things like that also one game breaking bug where you will not be able to move on the map. Don't worry, just restart the game and you'll be fine. So this 
happened though on my very first time that I played the game. So I was very confused. And I was like, what the heck am I doing wrong? I was starting to get pissed. And I had to Google it. And it turns out it's a bug. So I did what it told me to do and restart the game. And it worked. So there you have it, folks. If you can't move, just restart the game. Hopefully they fixed that bug, but that bug has been around for a while. Okay, those minor grabs aside, I still enjoy the game quite a bit. And I think it's worth checking out. Okay, on to our next game, Nova Drift. Nova Drift was developed by Chimeric. It was published by Pixel Jam and was released on March 27, 2019 onto Steam. This game is early access. It's still being updated. It's crazy to think about. MSRP is 10.04. It's really weird. Oh, that might be the sale price. It's probably the sale price. Anyways. <laughs> It's on my spreadsheet, so I don't know. It's on my teleprompter. I'll have to look that up later. If it's wrong, I'll put it in the description. Anyways, Nova Drift is basically asteroids on steroids. That's right. You fly a little ship. You shoot asteroids and enemy uh, NPCs. And as you play through the game, you'll level up. And you can get a wide variety of up upgrades. There you go. Upgrades. And it's pretty cool. So... My favorite one was drones because I'm not too good at these games. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have other people do the work for me. So <laughs> I got like a massive drone army. I got like specialized drones that are bigger and, and do more damage. They do the same type of attack damage that I do. And yeah, there's a lot. There's a massive upgrade system in this game. So if you like asteroids, this game is for you. I had fun with it. I died a lot because I'm bad, but with my drone army, I was able to go a lot farther than I normally would have. Anyways, moving on to our next game, Eternal Edge Plus. Man, I have a lot of games that I covered. I was really busy. So Eternal Edge Plus it was developed by Righteous Weasel Games. It was published by C-Doc LLC. It's coming soon, and the price will be announced soon as well. Basically, this is a remake of Eternal Edge, the original game which came out a long time ago. Uh, apparently, it was sort of promising, but it had a lot of technical issues. So hopefully, this game takes care of that. I'm in the beta right now. I played through it. It looked pretty okay. It looked pretty polished from what I could tell. I think it could use more touches on the graphical side. Uh, there were like some really flat like shadows or lighting. It made the world look a little, a little too fake. But anyways... It's basically like Legend of Zelda. It plays like Legend of Zelda. It looks like Wind Waker a little bit. It's a action adventure game. So you play as a character with a sword. You know, you do standard Zelda things like meet monsters. There's no grass to cut, but you can't cut herbs. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot more emphasis on role-playing uh, elements of the game. So there's a lot of characters you talk to. There's a story. There's a lot of side quests. and that makes the game stand out a little bit. So if you're a fan of action adventure games and you like more role playing, you know, stuff in your game, then this game will probably satisfy that itch. I would keep an eye out for it. I'm going to keep an eye out for it to see how much more polish it gets. And if people are interested in an update, I'll give them an update on the status of the game so people can uh, make a choice if they want to buy it or not. And is moving on to our next game, Hay Fever. 
Hay Fever was developed by Pixidome, was published by Zordic Publishing, and it came out on February 24, 2020 on Steam with a price of $14.99. Now, this is basically a 2D action platformer. It feels very similar to the old NES games Super Mario Bros. and Donkey Kong on the SNES. Um, there's 140 levels. It gets pretty hard. At first, I was like, man, this game is super easy. But then when I hit like level 10 or so, and you wanted to get everything in the level, it started to get hard. Uh, not too hard, but like I died over and over again trying to do something. Anyways, the character is Thomas, the allergic mailman. And the main game mechanic is based on you gathering allergens to power up your sneeze so you can jump further across the map. Farther? <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, there's a lot of collectibles. Again, there's a lot of levels. Like one level I was playing, I was trying to get through to, I thought it was going to be a piece of mail. But when I, when I reached it, it was a dog. I was like, what in the world? It was so unexpected, but a pleasant surprise. It was a secret item. I got an achievement for it. But yeah, the game is like that. There's a lot of hidden things. There may be even a hidden level. The game hints at it. And I'm interested to see more. But yeah, if you want 2D action platformers, uh, we got Hay Fever right there for you. Again, very similar to Mario and a little bit of Donkey Kong there. Alright, our last game in Other Waters is currently embargoed right now until the 31st. So I can't really say much about it. I'll just say that I enjoyed it and look forward to the video coming soon. Again, on the 31st, I believe 8am is when the embargo ends. So I should have a video up by then. Anyways, on to our next section, Noteworthy. Alright, I got two noteworthy games today. One is Pathlogic 2, developed by Ice Pick Lodge, published by Tiny Build. It came out a while ago on Steam with an MSRP of $34.99. It's out now recently on March 6, 2020 on PS4. And here's the reason why I put it in my Noteworthy. It's a very weird game. It's very weird. It's broken. It's janky. Uh, it's not polished. Now, I know these sound like bad things, but on top of that, it all adds to this weird magical charm the game has. The best way I can describe it or compare it to is Delhi Premonition. That's right. I'm a huge fan of Delhi Premonition, and the game is similar in that it's very weird. It's broken. Some parts break. Uh, it's very janky. There's lack of polish. But there's this weird magical charm to it that pulls you into the game and the world and makes you like the characters. I'm a huge fan because, you know, I saw the Giant Bomb playthroughs and I was like, yes, this game is the game for me. <laughs> so again, Pathologic 2 has a very similar feel. It's a very different type of game, but it has a very similar feel. It's kind of it tries to be psychological horror but it's not to be honest uh there are a lot of bits where you know there's like a person running around on, lit on a flyer but the animation is so poorly done that it just looks comical um there's a lot of moments where it's supposed to be scary and i was just laughing because it was so poorly done <laughs> uh there's some there's a lot of uncanny valley in that when you talk to a person, it's just their face. It's a really close-up of their face, and the background is dark. 
and it's not animated that well and the voice acting is very stilted it's very wooden so all of that adds up to a very uncanny valley feel to the presentation and the delivery and it just it's just like wow i don't know what's happening here and even if it was polished you'll you'll still have the same feeling where it's just everything's weird like there's these weird bird creatures i didn't pay a pathologic one so i have no idea what's happening um you have these weird dream sequences and you like it's disjointed so you don't really know what's going on there's like a punching scene you're punching some person and then he's like we gotta trade hearts because your heart is corrupted so you physically swap hearts and i'm like what in the world is happening in this game <laughs> yeah anyways the basic story is that there's a, a disease sweeping the land you're father was a doctor he died so you go back to your hometown you find out that he was murdered and it's really relevant to today's time and that yeah it's kind of similar to what's happening now there's a disease ravaging the entire world and it makes the game a little more relatable and the actual gameplay loop is a like a action game you're like going through this village you're talking to people you're doing side quests uh, you're doing things for people. You can take sides. Uh, they're all on top of that, you got to manage some meters. Your health meter, your thirst and hunger. And in order to get supplies, you need to either complete quests, go to specific locations to forge for that stuff, or steal it. And there's an interesting consequence system where you can steal stuff, you can beat people up, you can kill them. But the neighbors will know, and if they know enough, they hate you enough, they will just attack you on sight. And then it goes into this kooky, like, boxing minigame. That's the combat system, which is also interesting. And, yeah, you're just going to get beat. So, I don't know. There's, like, a limited number of hours available to go through and find out what's happening. Again, it lacks a lot of polish. There's some broken bits in the game. Uh, the performances are all a little stilted, a little wooden. But on top of that, it's like this weird magic to the game that I can't really quantify. I can't really recommend this game to everyone. But I can say that if you liked Deadly Premonition, if you loved Deadly Premonition, then you may like this game. There, again, there are different types of games, but the feel of the games were the same. For me, it's, it's definitely one of the most memorable games I played. It's not the well, most well-made or the most well-crafted, but definitely the most memorable. One of the most memorable games I've played so far. Anyways, my next game is Rust. That's right, this is not a new release. I mentioned it because all my friends, we're all on quarantine, we're all locked down, so we need some way to pass the time, and we got Rust. That's right. Uh, the player base is a little toxic, so, you know, that may put some people off, but if you play with friends, it's a really fun game. And I understand the gameplay loop in that it's not really crafting survival. It's more like the gameplay loop is focused on what you can accomplish in one gameplay session and what i mean by that is you need to gather materials to craft things so that you can go do monuments and you get better things from those monuments then you can go 
you know, maybe it'll help you craft faster, gather faster, you may get blueprints. You can gear up, then you go to the endgame monuments like oil rig to get better stuff. Or you can go raid other people's bases. But that takes a lot of time, so you need to store that in your base. But then other people will want to raid your base because it's faster to steal someone else's resources than it is to go farm it. Uh, to a certain extent, because you have to farm a lot of explosives to break into a base to begin with. So then you have to like know how to build your base wall. You can put traps in there. You can honeycomb your base. Uh, we did a really funny thing of honeycombing our base, multiple stories, fortifying it. On top of that, every level has each section filled with doors. So if you want to break through, you're going to have to bust through a lot of doors to get to anywhere. And it's going to be a nightmare. Even, even if you break through the ceiling, if you break through the wrong section, that means that you're going to have to go break through another ceiling or break through the doors. And there are a lot of people who try to raid our base and they gave up because there's just too many places to go. <laughs> there's like doors everywhere. It's a nightmare if you're interested in that build. My friend Barry uh, basically came up with this maze pattern. It's a nightmare for people raiding, but it's a nightmare for people living in the base as well. So that's how you know it's good. It's a nuisance to everyone. Uh, I'll have a video of our base build up soon if you want to check that out. But yeah, I'm having a blast. But yeah, again, uh, you want to build your base so you can store your mats. So then you can go craft better mats, do more monuments, and then the end game is running end game monuments or raiding pe people's bases. And for that, you need a lot of explosives. The more better blueprints you have, the easier it is. So it's a very interesting gameplay mechanic. Um, you don't want to think your base is unraidable. So basically, what you want to do is spend all the resources. Uh, crafting things or expanding your base and learning blueprints because if you lose everything you they may leave the shell of your base so you can claim that back and start afresh add on to it or if you have the blueprints learned then you can farm up and start a new base but you can craft higher gear material right away so that's basically the gameplay loop from what i understand and People go in expecting it to be like Minecraft, and it's not Minecraft, guys. It's not Minecraft at all. So <laughs> don't go in thinking that it's a crafting survival game. Uh, it's more than that. It's crafting survival on basically a time period, a loop. Anyways, I'll, I really like the way we're playing the game because in our group of friends, we have people specializing in certain things. So we got whoop de doo uh, who I co-stream with a lot. Oftentimes, he's the build master. He builds beautiful structures. He focuses on learning how to honeycomb better, how to build traps, etc. Then I am the crafting expert because I like production line stuff. If you watch my Astroneer videos, you'll see like me covering hydrazine production lines, soil farming. You know, using three different methods like medium drills. Oh, sorry, uh, drill mod one. Okay, and then medium storage or uh, medium wind turbines. Medium wind turbines are still the best. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's my specialty. So my specialty is acquiring mats as efficiently as possible and crafting all the way to end gear loot as fast as possible. And then the other players are they like base building as well. They specialize in PvP. So we're a pretty well-rounded group of players. You know, whenever we play a raft, we do the same thing. 
uh, whenever we play any game like this we have the same crew pretty much and we do the same thing so you know we're pretty good at each of our roles and that makes it feel a little less grindy because we focus on one thing so i highly recommend playing with friends or find people to play with and just have fun with it let's not be too toxic one thing i do not get though is the the player base's tendency to camp a door for like an hour just to kill one guy and i don't understand this because it's a huge waste of time for me uh, i would rather go farm satchels for an hour and then come back and just wreck their base than just sit there and shoot a guy and then you can't raid their base anyways um so yeah i don't know i, I have to play more to understand the mentality of a rust player but it seems very inefficient <laughs> Anyways, also as a side note, we bought the Musical Instruments DLC. It's the greatest thing ever. You guys should get it. Uh, you can use a MIDI player program and a MIDI port emulator to hook up a keyboard. And you can use that to play the instruments in the game. So there's a piano. You can play a real piano in the game if you want to. Or you can find MIDI files of songs and just have that play. And it's really awesome we're going to release cover videos of songs sorry, parody videos if you're interested in that uh, look forward to that coming soon and the best part is it adds a layer of psychological warfare where if people are invading we just play music and we blast it in their ears and first of all it bothers them and it makes them lose their focus second of all it mutes all the sounds around us so us opening doors us doing anything They'll mute that sound so it's harder to detect. And I think that's really awesome. Um, the best thing ever in any game. I'm really impressed. <laughs> Anyways, Rusty, if you guys want to check it out, it's out now. Uh, obviously, it's, it's been out for a while. Uh, I bought it on sale for 20 bucks. It's still on sale for a little bit if you guys are interested. And it's not for everyone. I don't recommend playing it solo at all. But if it's something you like doing, you may want to check it out. Alright, finally, upcoming releases. I got one listed here, one game of note. Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming out on April 10th, 2020. I'm kind of hyped for this. Final Fantasy VII was one of my favorite games of all time. And now it's being remade and it looks glorious. I went back recently and I was like, oh, this game looks hideous. Everyone's a block. <laughs> got these square arms. Uh, the story is still great. I mean, I get over the graphics after a little bit because I honestly don't care too much. Uh, but yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake is so hype. I don't have any consoles, so hopefully it'll come out on PC. And there's recent releases. We got Half-Life Alex that came out. Apparently, it's the best VR game out there. If you have a VR headset, get this game immediately. It'll show you what video games are about if you don't like half-life or games like that then don't get it obviously but on i think it's probably one of the games that kind of showcases what vr can be pretty well i don't have a vr headset i'm looking to acquire one i have limited funds not only that most of the headsets are sold out so uh you know what can you do that's that's what it is i got doom eternal that came out and animal crossing I'm looking forward to playing Animal Crossing as well. I cannot get my hands on an Animal Crossing Switch. Again, limited funds and limited supply. Weird thing, like all the Switches like nationwide are kind of 
on low supply right now. People are buying that up so they can play games. It makes sense with your kids, with your family members, with your friends, while everyone's quarantined. But yeah, it makes it a little bit hard. Uh, but yeah. All right. On to our next section, news. I'm going to keep this short. It's all related to the coronavirus. Like, it's had a huge impact. Like, E3's canceled. Overwatch League. The in-person homestead matches are canceled. Everything's going online. Like, the Overwatch League tournaments are going online. We got NFL considering playing Madden as, uh, you know, broadcasting that on Fox. We got, like, NASCAR being canceled. All these racing things canceled. And they're just going to put tournaments where professional racers use racing sims you know uh it's crazy what a world what a time we live in honestly this is the first time i've seen anything like this on a global scale my parents have not seen anything like this and my grandparents they lived through the korean war so that was a lot worse and boy i got some stories about that if y'all are interested let me know. I'll release some videos of the stories my grandparents told me. It's crazy. But again, that was only limited to Korea. This is affecting the entire globe. And it's crazy. Like, And so many people are getting affected. The cities are impacted the most. Especially those who can't afford healthcare. Who can't afford a lot of things. They're being hit the hardest. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, truly feels like end times. People who are in denial, I suggest that, you know, take a look at the world. I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. Obviously, it has happened a long time ago, but it was long before uh, my grandparents. So the world still exists. Humanity still exists. So I'm sure that we will prevail as a, as a race, but as a species. But it's definitely going to be rough. So hopefully everyone hangs in there. Everyone, uh, please be safe. And hopefully, I think the best thing to do is to help each other out. So if you have friends or families, family members, uh, just, you know, call them up. See if they need anything. And, you know, toilet paper. That's really hard to find. It's been a meme. But honestly, it's affecting a lot of people. People don't understand that hoarding is really bad because... When people don't have toilet paper, they get desperate. They might use napkins. They might use shredded up t-shirts. And what happens then is that the sewage system gets clogged. Then your sewers are overflowing. And you don't want that. That is disgusting. But <laughs> it spreads diseases even more. Um, because the coronavirus can be transmi transmitted through fecal matter. So not only is it going to be hard to keep the sewage system operational it's going to help spread the disease even more so hoarding and just all of that affects a lot of people i i really don't understand how people are hoarding for the sake of reselling that bugs me the most anyways let's get a little too personal here but um you know my grandparents can't really afford to go out or do anything so we share with them what we got my mom managed to get some toilet paper what a hero <laughs> So I, I uh, texted my brother immediately. I'm like, bro, because he lives across the country. I got some TP. If you need some, I'll mail it to you. And he's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah. 
yeah, it's crazy times. Anyways, I'm just keeping it short here. Again, this is my third time recording. I'm really tired of this camera. Uh, I don't have the funds to replace it. So, you know, my, I'm just wishful thinking like a, a camera company out of nowhere will come and sponsor me and give me a new camera. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be able to record without shutting down. God dang it. God dang it, camera. Okay. On that note, thank you so much for dropping by and watching. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to this on my audio podcast, if you have any questions, comments, things you'd like to see or for me to cover, please feel free to leave a comment down below. If you're listening from my audio podcast, you can email me. If you're watching on YouTube, you can email me at duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. Once again, the email is duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. I can't thank you guys enough for dropping by and watching. I really do appreciate it. And hope you guys stay safe. As always, catch you guys next time. Uh, there are a lot of... There's an ant here. Oh, hey. Well, it's either on me or on the ground now. We'll see. <laughs> We're still here somewhere. Hey, I have a lot of ants in my house.